just got home from California. And one of the first words I said to Lori was, I don't travel well. <laughs> Even though it was going to see grandkids and all of that, it's still good to be home. Uh, this morning, we're in the book of Matthew, ch first chapter. We're going to look at the, uh, the circumstances around Joseph's life when he received news about Mary being pregnant and so forth. So, Matthew chapter 1, we'll look at verses 18 through 25. But here we are, Christmas 2016. And we're going to look at Matthew's account of Jesus being born according to Scripture. But let me give you a little history about Matthew. Matthew, or Levi, same, same left his tax-collecting career behind, and tax collectors were hated in Israel because they worked for Rome. They were considered dishonest, considered traitors to Israel, and the thing that really bothered a lot of uh, people of Israel is they collected money for Rome and they would overcharge uh, the, the locals for this money to go to Rome. But Matthew, he writes his account of Jesus about 50 years after Jesus ascended into heaven. Jesus turned Matthew around he turned around this hated traitor's life with the simple words of, follow me. And Matthew did. One of the best words of advice I ever received from my pastor was, preach and teach to the motivated. Matthew, he is motivated to follow Jesus. Jesus did not have Matthew submit a resume. He did not put Matthew through an interview process. Our Lord saw in Matthew a heart of belief. A man who longed to know God, even though caught up into being a tax collector. And in Matthew, he immediately follows Jesus and one of the first things he does is he throws a banquet party for Jesus. And who is invited to this dinner? Fellow tax collectors, his buddies, and it even says, and prostitutes. Well, that's about the only people that would hang around with Matthew. And uh, they're all notorious sinners but they also happen to be comfortable with the fact that that's Jesus there and they're, they're having dinner with Jesus. Sinners were at ease around Jesus. Doesn't that say a lot? It really does. But on the contrary, the religious leaders felt uncomfortable and threatened by Jesus. And Jesus' ministry was dedicated 
to seek and to save that which is lost. Sometimes I'm surprised uh, or I, you know, I surprise people when I tell them I'm a pastor. I guess they got higher expectations or something, but uh, I hope it's because they're, they see I don't act religiously. I don't practice Christianese talk. And if I say praise God, you know what I mean? Praise God. I don't use it as a, just a, a flippant term out there. But Matthew, he immediately invites his friends, his sinner friends, to come and dine with Jesus. And Matthew, in his gospel, he bridges the gap between the Old Testament and the New Testament. His gospel is written primarily to the Jews, and I think they appreciate that. And then verses 1 through 17 of Matthew 1 is the genealogy of Jesus. But let's pick it up in verse 18, and we'll go through 23 of chapter 1 of Matthew. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together... She was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being just a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary uh, for your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you should call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Joseph and Mary are in that betrothal period of time. They're committed to one another, uh, but not officially married. Now, if you broke off this betrothal period, you actually had to give the wife a divorce. You couldn't just say, hey, I'm out of here. It was a nice engagement. But uh, no, you, you had more responsibility than that. You had to actually give them a written divorce. And it's this betrothal time that Joseph discovers Mary is pregnant. And Joseph is considering how to put her away. He doesn't want to shame Mary. Uh, he, he does consider divorce, though. He, he's extremely disappointed to find out that Mary is pregnant. But as he's contemplating how to put her away, how does he do this in a decent way? God intervenes. And God sends an angel to, to visit Joseph in a dream. It fascinates me that in dreams 
we can learn new things. After all, a dream is supposed to be my psyche just reliving something. But we can actually learn things in dreams, even dreams that are not necessarily of the Lord. Have you ever been surprised by a dream? I have. I just never remember my dreams. <laughs> but I'm sure Joseph was surprised that an angel would come into his dream. And the, and the angel says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. What is Joseph afraid of? Basically, his reputation. His reputation is on the line. And it says that he's a righteous man. And that whole life he has lived up to this point is now being tested. And he loves Mary. He didn't quit loving her because he found out she was with child. And, and Joseph, he is heartbroken. Now, I want a good reputation. I really do. And I want all who know to know me to regard me as a solid Christian man and living a life that is in right standing with God. That's important to me. It's important to all of us, I believe. Joseph's love for Mary, though, it's deep and it's sincere. But he has questions. And he's got gut-wrenching questions. Mary is with child, and it is not his. And that is devastating news to Joseph. He and Mary are supposed to be in that exciting time of betrothal, a time of getting to know their spouse, and, you know, kind of the courtship is going on and this kind of thing. But then he receives the bombshell. Mary's with child. And his great expectation, his great hope for a future with Mary is dashed. It's crushed in one single moment when he discovers that she is pregnant. And to Joseph, Mary has been unfaithful. And she's pregnant, but it isn't by him. This is a betrayal to Joseph in his mind. It's devastating to him. And it's the worst news that anyone could receive when you're engaged. Love is at its height. You're getting to know this person. And here Mary turns up pregnant. And she's the one that he has loved. And he still loves her. He can't quit loving her just because she's pregnant. But she's been unfaithful. And she's been unfaithful in the most heartbreaking way in his mind. And the thought of taking her as a wife scares him. It brings fear to his heart. Therefore, God sends an angel to tell Joseph, do not be afraid to marry Mary. God is concerned about Joseph's feelings. And God is concerned about my feelings and your feelings. God cares about our emotions. What a loving God that he would care 
how we feel. Our fears and feelings can be selfish. They can be petty. But God knows and understands them. He made us. He knows where we have uh, ego problems and so forth. But Mary, she's with child, and the child is of the Holy Spirit of God. This is the singular, the one and only time of a virgin birth in human history. Uh, there's been others that have talked about uh, virgin birth, but this is the only true virgin birth ever. And Joseph names the child Jesus, or salvation from God, or God is with us. And don't miss this in our passage. The reason for this encounter of God being with Mary and Joseph, there's a reason for it. And, and it's not only that God is concerned for Mary and Joseph's feelings and fears. He wants to reassure them that what has happened to them is of him. God has had prophets way back. Our only scripture reading this morning was out of Isaiah. God has had prophets announce ahead of time, back in Isaiah 14, Behold, a virgin will be, uh, shall be with child and bear a son, and his name will be Emmanuel. Joseph has now put that together. He can rest assured of what is happening to him is confirmed in Scripture. Aren't you delighted sometimes when you see the circumstance of your life line up and you find yourself being obedient to God according to Scripture? That happens to me once in a great while, and, and I'm delighted when that does happen. But, uh, but Joseph, he's going to be allowed to raise and teach Jesus. First, he'll be able to teach Jesus a trade. He teaches him to be a carpenter. Plus, Joseph, he's a just man. He's a son of David. And Joseph will instruct Jesus, his stepson, Emmanuel, in the law of Moses and the precepts of God. Joseph has an awesome responsibility. He will teach Jesus about his heavenly father. I wonder about some of the conversations that Joseph and Jesus had concerning Jesus's birth. They had to talk about it somewhere along the line. <laughs> I believe Joseph will carry the truth of Jesus' birth, he and Mary, and they have to do this in privacy. They can't broadcast this because uh, no one's really going to believe that, you know. And so they kind of let God handle how this will come become public. But Mary and Joseph will be looked upon as parents who had to get married. 
because Mary is with child. Now, fast forward about 30 years, and to give you a little snapshot of the Jewish society, in John chapter 8, you may want to turn there, Jesus is speaking of himself, of being the truth and life. And of course, the religious leaders, they come against Jesus. But let me read you the passage of John chapter 8, verses 30 through 47. It's a little lengthy, but it all needs to come out here. So, And as he spoke these words, many believed in him. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most assuredly I say to you, Whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. And a slave does not abide in a house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. And he said, I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak what I have seen with my father, and you do not do what you have seen with your father. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said to them, if you were of Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me. A man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. They have a reply. You do the deeds of your father. Then they shall, and then they said to him, we were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. And Jesus said to them, if you were of your father, you would love me. For I proceed forth and come from God, nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word? You are your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell you the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore you do not hear because you are not of God. What a rebuke of the religious leaders. Jesus has spoken of truth making a person free, and the truth of Jesus and his purpose for coming to earth is to set believers free. One great freedom we have is we do not have to pursue false religious beliefs. Consider how many people in this world are in bondage to religious lies. There's almost two billion Muslims. Just speaking of one 
one religious group. I recently heard that a group of people were polled, and uh, 66% of these people that were polled believe that they were going to heaven. That's a majority, a good majority. But they poll the same group of people, and only 1% believe there was an actual real hell. 1% out of 66% that believe they're going to heaven. So what are the 66% saved from if there is no hell? Good question. But as Jesus speaks of the truth and the bondage of sin, the Jewish religious leaders remind Jesus, we are of our father Abraham. And Jesus said, but if you were of Abraham and were his children, you would do the works of Abraham. And then he says, but you seek to kill me. And he says, you seek to kill me because I tell you the truth. And that is not being like Abraham whatsoever. And then they hit Jesus with a slanderous word. We were not born of fornication. And they are openly implying that Jesus was born in sin by sinful parents. Your parents had to get married because they were involved sexually before they got married. Quite an accusation. These religious leaders hate Jesus and they want to kill him. And Jesus says, why can't you understand my words? And then Jesus answers his own question there. And he says, because you're not able to listen to my words. And then he gets deeper. And why can't you listen? Because you are your father, the devil. Yow. <laughs> and you do his desires. He says the devil was a murderer from the beginning. And you people want to kill me. It's interesting that the devil does not understand the truth. And there is no truth in him. Do you ever read scripture? I'm sure you do. And you come say, Satan knows scripture. He quotes scripture. How come he can't see his end? How can't he see that he's thrown into the abyss and this kind of thing? Because he rejects truth. Because that's his nature to reject truth. And he lies from his own resources, which are that, lies. He's been a liar from the beginning, and he's the father of lies. And to prove to these religious leaders that you are of the devil, I tell you the truth, and your response to the truth is unbelief. Conclusion by Jesus. Which of you, same group he's talking to, convicts me of sin? And no one can convict him of sin. No one can say to him that he is a liar and back it up. 
so you have to ask the Pharisees. Since Jesus is telling you the truth, why do you not believe him? That's an age-old question. I think we all have friends and loved ones that we share the gospel with. And do you ever come away from that encounter or that time of sharing and wonder, why can't they see and understand? It's simple. People who are of God hear God's word. And this group that Jesus is talking to do not hear him because they are not of God. It's that simple. Jesus could not have been more direct with this group. He even calls them disciples of the devil. They are liars and murderers just like their father, the devil. Now that's harsh. That's in your face. That's not so politically correct. <laughs> but let me go back to the uh, verses 24 and 25 of Matthew 1. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took his wife, and he did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. But we have here in Joseph... A man who does believe. And he believes the truth. Even though this truth of Mary being pregnant by the Holy Spirit is a one-time event in the history of man, and Joseph believes it. Good for Joseph. He had a believing heart. He did not allow the lies and deceptions of the devil through the disciples that he has, the Pharisees and religious leaders, to steal away the truth of Mary being pregnant by the Holy Spirit and bringing forth Jesus, the Son of God. He, Joseph did not allow them to steal away the truth of Christmas. We see all around us people trying to steal away the truth of Christmas. I announced this morning, we will have church services December 25th, which is Christmas Day. There will be churches that are closed Christmas Day. That baffles me. That goes beyond what I'm able to understand. Don't allow commercial America to steal away the truth of Christmas from you. Joseph, he takes Mary to be his wife. After the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the dream, but Joseph did not know Mary as husband as in, until after Jesus is born. And so what is the message in all this? Take comfort. Enjoy the virgin birth of Jesus. Is it hard to believe? 
For some it is. For some it's very hard to believe. They can't reconcile that. But be like Joseph. Allow the truth to set you free that Jesus talked about. Take comfort in the fact that Jesus was born of a virgin. Joseph and all his fears are calmed by God, by the angel who appeared to him in a dream, and he has several dreams, because he hears the angel tell him the truth. We are blessed, people. We are blessed because we have the truth. And that truth is Jesus, our Savior, born of a virgin. Amen? Amen. Let me get you to stand. We'll close in prayer. Father God, we thank you that in your wisdom and in your great providence, you caused Mary to bear a child that you, by your Holy Spirit, fathered. We don't understand the details of that, Lord, but we believe it. We know that Jesus came, born of a virgin, and our hopes rest in the fact that Jesus is our Savior, our Emmanuel, our one born of God. Thank you for being so awesome in the way you brought forth our Savior. Thank you for giving your Son to be our Savior. We will be forever grateful for this, Lord. So this Christmas season, just fill our hearts with the joy, the truth of the birth of Jesus. And let us just share that, Lord, with those around us. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.